Hey there, friends. My name is Kyle Devlin, and this is Having a Blast. Having a Blast is a pop punk, punk rock, and emo podcast where we're going to be discussing all things punk rock ethos and personal development and the parallels within. We'll also be doing some deep dives on important albums and bands. I'm going to be talking to band members, producers, and a bunch of my friends. And I want to know what makes these people tick. How has being self-motivated moved them in the direction of their goals? We're going to have a lot of fun finding out. So without further ado, let's get into it. friends what is up welcome to the show this is having a blast my name is kyle devlin i am the host of this podcast and today i'm extremely excited for a few reasons number one i'm excited of the fact that we're getting a new episode out here i have been super busy renovating my house but today i'm extremely excited to be speaking with my good buddy recurring guest my first recurring guest mr ben went the amazing frontman of the way way back one of my favorite bands at the moment and they just happen to be from kansas city where i live ben has been a friend for a long time they have an amazing ep that they just dropped it's called trying that's the title of the ep six new songs they're all bangers yes all bangers i never thought i'd be saying those words but they are in fact all bangers we talk all about the new ep the writing the production the recording ben is a very thoughtful and intentional guy and you will understand that when you hear about his process his songwriting process and completing the songs we talk about some other stuff too but always a fun conversation whenever we're talking about music me and ben so without further ado please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation all about the new ep from the way way back with mr ben went This is funny. This is my uh, just so happens my third Zoom of the day. So I'm uh, almost feeling <laughs> not, not that I ever actually would, but I'm almost feeling kind of nostalgic for 2020. You know, <laughs> like weird. I was going to say that's very <laughs> times esque. Yeah. Yeah. Three, I, three. <laughs> I only do Zooms when I'm doing this. Yeah. I've gotten to the point. Yeah. Pretty much just podcast. And then every now and then there's so many moving parts with you know, everything with cultivar that um, every now and then there's like a day like today where like, oh, well, Zach and I both really need to meet with Tanner and Levi from Post. And so it, it is definitely nice and convenient for, for that kind of stuff. But yeah, sure. just, and just real- funny to, to have gone from like no Zooms the last like, I don't know, six to eight weeks and then I've had three today. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You're a trooper, man. Thank you for doing this. For, oh, real quick, absolutely. Do you want to let everybody yes. know what Cultivar is? Oh, are we talking? Talking? Great. Yeah, we're recording. Uh, we're doing it. That's lovely. Let's let's go. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. may not edit this thing at all. I might just throw it up today. That's just fine. That's fine. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'll go ahead and actually, uh, you get an exclusive uh, on your podcast. So this, Sweet. Uh, so we're actually going to be uh, changing our name. Long story short, we got hit with a cease and desist from a winery in Napa, California, who has a room called the Cultivar Room. And uh, at first, we weren't taking their threats very seriously, but then the language escalated pretty intensely. And uh, wow. they, uh, they've they got an attorney on retainer and just a bunch of resources that we just 
can't compete with. So um, we're not going to fight it, even though I think we know we would win. So we are changing our name. We'll now be called Company & Co. And Company & Co. is a shared space, uh, multi-business kind of Swiss Army business model. And it's uh, located in North Kansas City, Missouri. The Rhino is our, the music venue that I own and run that's part of that. And then we've also mm-hmm. got a coffee shop run by Post Coffee. We've got um, multiple kitchen tenants, uh, a bar. We've got Barnasty Ferments, which is a hot sauce company that operates out of the kitchen and sells their stuff there. And Alex Garnett, uh, my friend, runs a recording studio called the Triceratops Room. So all that brew church, there, there's so many things going on at that space. And uh, we'll so now cool. be known as Company & Co. So there you go. You're right it. here first on having a blast. Exclusive. I love it. Especially for Exclusive. all the people who are from Kansas City that listen to this podcast, which I think there's a lot just because of the fact that I grew up in Kansas City and know a lot of people from Kansas City. Sure. That's cool. I like that. I'm surprised this cultivar room in this winery, I'm sure they do have resources and things. I'm surprised they took the trouble and time and energy to send you guys cease yeah. and desist letters considering you know, oftentimes there's companies with similar names or the same word and right. we're all and cultivar is based on it's, Google. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm just thinking it's a completely different entity and a completely different part of the world, different part of the country. Yeah. And I wouldn't think there'd be too much overlap in terms of SEO. And you know, I think the real that. problem probably is that they have an attorney on retainer and that re- attorney is probably pretty bored and Invents jobs. Uh, you know, Did you guys so. get a letter? Oh, yeah, we got a couple. It was like okay. uh, whenever the, the Dursleys throw out Harry Potter's Hogwarts acceptance letter there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reference there, Ben. It's interesting, though, because sometimes I think lawyers, that's like the first step. They're sending out a letter and it's usually something that you don't really need to act on unless they're specifically asking you to go to court or telling you they're going to take you to court. So it's almost like a scare tactic first. Totally. Step. And I will say really well, our first response it. was to be like, well, technically we're cult of our KC co, which to us was different enough. And then second, we were like, sure. like kind of what you said, we're two time zones away. Both venues happen to have alcohol at them, but that's really kind of the only overlap, but whatever. So we're changing it. And I like the new name and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So company. I think it's a good forward. representation of the fact that you got so many different things going on at the, that Rhino. was our thought. I think it is the Rhino. And then it used to be called colony uh, company and co is a great name. I think that'll be awesome. And Ben McBee shout out to Ben. He yes. does photography out of there too. Yep. Right. Yep. And he does most of the video stuff for our live streams as well. Yeah. Cool. And just for context for the listeners, this is right next to my personal training space in North Kansas city. Right Boom there. Area. Booming. I agree. Yeah. Rad. Well, dude, thank you again. I appreciate you doing this on the fly. Yes. Thank you, you for having you offered me. So to, you offered it to me last week. That's a really good idea. I should have been on the show. The hey. first return guest. So I'm honored you. to be back. I'm honored <laughs> to be back. I And I thought for sure if I was coming back, we'd be talking Coheed and Cambria. So, uh, oh, dude. We can uh, talk about it. My, my thread still stands. If you have anybody else other than a member of the band to talk about Coy Cambria, I will be offended. <laughs> There's so many deep dives I need to do at this point because I've made so many loose commitments with people, but we should definitely talk about Coheed. I mean, at the very least, let's just mention their new tunes. If people who are listening haven't listened yet, yeah. check out the new Coheed tunes because they're really great. As a, like, I've been on board since second stage and uh, I, I think it's some of the best music they've ever put out. I think it is truly up there with like the absolute upper tier Coheed and Cambria stuff, not just sonically, 
but they seem like rejuvenated and hungry. I, I, I've noticed this with a lot of like legacy bands, which I think at this point we have to call them uh, mm-hmm. that like, I think COVID scared the crap out of almost everybody who makes a living off live music or adjacent to live music. And I think caused a lot of people to have kind of like almost like a near death experience in a way, in the sense that I think everybody knows, Hey, someday I'll go away and, and all that. But I've never once had the thought that music could go away. Yeah. And it, they're one of the bands that I, I kind of feel like they almost seem like a new band. They seem hungrier than they used to. And I, I love it. And something is there as well, as far as having the capacity to really write what you want to write and take the mm-hmm. time. And maybe because they weren't on the road, they had the opportunity to, de- to demo a ton and get really inspired for new music because yeah. I think bands, one thing that COVID did is I think it woke people up to the monotony of where bands get in this rut where they tour for two years and they put out a record, they try to write it and record it and then immediately get back out on the road. And that's the cycle, right? That they just repeat. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to go through the motions with that, or at least it seems like it can be. I've never experienced that in all the bands that I've been in because we never got to a level where we had cycles like that, where we'd be touring for two years and then sure. it's time to write a new record in three to six months or whatever. And then it's, we've got all these commitments for festivals and writing and, uh, and then getting right back out on the road and stuff like that. So I think you're right. I think there was a lot of demoing going on and I was just listening to a band discuss this the other day, state champs. Derek was talking about how they had a little extra time to write and demo a lot of songs and they picked the best they felt were the best from the crop of songs that they had. You know, I've only listened to that record maybe two or three times straight through, but from my first impressions, they chose wisely. I, I think yeah. that that's a great record. They should yeah, be there's some proud of it. great tunes on that one, man, for sure. Yeah. Well, cool. So you guys, way, way back. Yeah. I have a list of questions here. And if you'll indulge me, I'm a huge fan of your band. You know this. And I legitimately wouldn't say that if I didn't truly mean it. You guys are one of my favorite local bands Thanks, man. and Kansas city seems to be having a bit of a resurgence in local music right now, which is pretty cool. I love seeing it. It, it rules. It rules. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love seeing legacy bands from Kansas city doing it still too. The vagrant record show over the weekend, the get oh, up kids man. were out there. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then like, even like kind of like some of like the Casey, like, like a uh, frog pond and man and, um, and uh, oh my gosh, Ultimate, why am I fake, book. Ultimate fake book are playing a show together like it's 2002 like it just makes me so happy like yeah dude let's go you're never too old to make music and have fun with it like yeah i I just love it and there's so many of these cool young bands like the scene is in a really great spot right now and it's it's very fun to watch it and to be a part of it and yeah yeah well like our we uh we just put out our record the same day as our buddies famous for a day and our buddies bell in the vertigo waves like all three of us have like played shows together and it, none of us even like planned it. It just happened that way. We all three dropped them on my birthday <laughs> and um, that's awesome. like ended up like it was almost like a good problem, but like uh, our release shows were on the same day. We like, so like famous for the day, sorry, famous for the day and the way, way back, we were on the same show, but on the vertigo waves were at record bar on the same night. So I was heartbroken to not get to celebrate their release, uh, you know, too. But I mean, that's, it's just a, it's a great problem to have. They have a yeah, bunch dude. of local bands putting out new music and, and being excited about it and wanting to share it with people. That's a great problem to have. Pretty cool. Three releases on the same day on your birthday. It's a reason yeah. to celebrate. 
Yeah. I need to check out that Bell record. I didn't realize Famous for a Day put out a record as yeah. well. Yeah. They put out an EP. How many songs do you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think six or seven. It's a lot like ours where it's like either, you'd Very call cool. it either like a long EP or a short album. Yeah. Brad, shout out to those local bands. I'll have to check that out. I haven't listened to it yet. I've just listened to the single that they released a few months ago. It's great. Yeah. yeah I dug it. Yeah, for sure. And you guys played a show the other night. It looked like it was a very enthusiastic crowd. Everybody it was, was singing awesome. Along. The turnout was great. So we felt really strongly about playing our new record, Trying, all the way through. We're really proud of the record. And we thought, hey, the best way we could show to people that we are really proud of this is to just play it in its entirety all the way through and have that be the you know vast majority of our set. And I was floored by how many people already knew the lyrics. Like it's only at the time of the show, the whole album had only been publicly accessible for like 48 hours or something like that. And there were a couple of songs we released a little bit early, but people knew words to all six of the songs. And it like, I cried a couple of times on stage. Like I I was, I was so moved by it and uh, just impressed and amazed. And like, we have such a cool community of friends and, I don't really even really like the word fans because like it's they're our friends, they're a community, you know. Fan kind of almost puts like some distance between us and them. And sure. we call them we call them the Waniacs. Um <laughs> the, the way way back Waniacs. And it almost uh, sounded like you said the Weeniacs. The Weeniacs. Uh no, yeah. the Waniacs. Um and uh it, yeah, I mean it was it was emotional. It was really cool, really proud of it. That's one of the great things about a place like the Rhino. You're fully connected to that audience, even with the new stage. Yeah. You're right yeah. there, front and center with right people. there. Yes. That's so cool that people knew the words too. And you guys had released the lyric video for Emotional Roller Coaster Tycoon, maybe yes. a couple, like you said, a couple days before. Right. So people had some of the lyrics available, plus with future tense and everything. But I think the choruses stand out amongst the EP. I mean, the verses are incredible too, but the, every chorus on the new EP is very sing-alongable. They're all very memorable and catchy right out of the gate. I remember when you first sent me, I think it was the new version of the way, way back the last song. Sure. And that chorus was stuck in my head literally as I was going to sleep that night. And I think that's Pamela the goal. The that's thing. the goal. <laughs> yeah, dude. Pamela said the same thing. We were driving around listening to it and she goes, well, it's certainly stuck in my head. So they, they catchy tunes. She's a big fan. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, can you tell me a little bit about the origin of the name the way, way back? Cause you told me this when we were training one day and I didn't realize. Yeah. That. Yeah. So uh, the way, way back is uh, it's a really great movie. Um, it's um, written by, um, Actually, uh, the guy who plays the Dean on Community, uh, Jim Rash, and his writing partner, Nick Faxton, um, they're actually an Oscar-winning screenwriting duo in addition to doing uh, acting roles. And uh, it's a coming-of-age movie, and I just I highly, highly recommend it. It seems very, like, seems like something that John Hughes would have written and directed. And uh, Steve Carell has a really phenomenal performance in it. Sam Rockwell, who's just always oh, wonderful. Allison Janney. It's a it's a really great cast. And it's basically about the way that we can come in and out of each other's lives and make a really big impact on each other in a brief moment that um, is going to have lasting effect. You know, like maybe you only spent a couple of months together, but that couple of months is going to change who you are and were. And uh, so more or less, I'd say that's what the movie's about. And our band, especially when it started, uh, maybe more than it is now was very much this uh, just throwback fun project of a bunch of 
skateboard dads who wanted to feel a little bit younger again. And, and uh, it, the name really worked on that level too. Cause we'll, we'll often joke and be like, Oh yeah, Caleb and I, our guitarist Caleb, like we've known each other a long time. We go way, way back. And uh, I had actually used that expression before I knew of the movie. And, and so then the fact that the name worked on both levels was, was really fitting. And I've, I've wanted to write a song about the movie for a really long time, but I was having a hard way into it because as a grown adult, which is what I was when I first saw the movie, I identified more with Sam Rockwell's character in the movie. And I won't spoil too much because I really do want people to like go watch the movie. I think it's like phenomenal, but um, Sam Rockwell's character is definitely a supporting character. He's not the main character. The main character is, uh, is this young man who's I, I think supposed to be about 17 years old and this you know, just this important summer in his young adulthood uh, and slash, you know, feigning at adolescence. And um, I kept trying to write a song from Sam Rockwell's perspective and I, I couldn't get my foot in the door. I couldn't figure it out. And then I just recently had a really powerful moment and experience in my life where my therapist, well, sorry, not my therapist, my, my psychiatrist um, announced that she was retiring and, uh, I knew we only had a certain number of sessions left and um, I just started to have like a lot of anxiety and depression about that and kind of coming to terms with how much this person who, uh, you know, I came into contact with for this relatively short period of time in my life had, had saved me and changed me. And um, like our last session was terrible. <laughs> it was like one of the saddest, most painful moments of my entire life and um the the bridge lyrics of that song the way way back um are almost literally word for word what i said to her during our last session and i suddenly started to realize that i finally related with the main character of of the movie in a way because uh one of the main pieces of it is his relationship with sam rockwell and how that's going to change him and make him a different person and so i i decided that that's what the song needed to be about the song needed to be about the people who come in and out of your lives, maybe it's for a moment, maybe it's for several years, but you part ways and maybe you won't ever even see each other again, but you're going to always be different because you touched each other's lives. And uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I think that's something to keep in mind. Anytime we have any sort of interaction with anybody, really, Truly. especially those people that maybe we work with or we interact with for a long time. And yeah, 17 years old, definitely a formative time in life. Right. And, You're like, am I an adult? Am I a kid? What am I? You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's something that I think you experience when you're in therapy, you're in a fairly vulnerable spot. And for a lot of people who experience going to therapy, myself included, it, there's many transitions to be had. And you have these really important seasons with maybe your therapist or the people that you interact with outside of therapy. And you're implementing those lessons that you learn from therapy. So there is a time to change afterwards, you know, there's definitely, yeah, I think being in therapy was one of the most important things I've ever done. Taught me a lot about who I am. So I can imagine that I can Same. definitely relate with that too. And I love the bridge of that song and how you're saying verbatim, almost like how you were speaking to your therapist at that time. Yeah. And I, that I didn't write almost, it down, but I would tell you, I think that is just shy of literally word, 
forward what I yeah. said to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to change it up a little bit, right? You got to sure. make sure it works within the stanza of the melody and everything. Right. And then you almost, you almost didn't have that bridge in the song too, right? Totally. So yeah, that song we really wrote in the studio. We had two or three different hooks that we believed in and we knew they were going to be one song. Mm-hmm. And there was maybe this like minute and a half, two minute long version of that song. And we recorded it. And when we were in the studio, I really felt like it did need a different bridge. And so uh, through the magic of editing, we were able to kind of cut together the instruments that we had we had recorded and some extra portions and tags and things like that and and cut it together so that I had some space to record the new vocal melody and lyrics over and then um, go back in and kind of hit that like instrumental sort of bridge pre-chorus sort of thing and uh, yeah that was a very fun experience too because um, that was the first time ever where like the first time I really heard that song was the first time I heard the mix of it like that we had actually fully recorded that song before we had f- truly played it as a quartet live. And, uh, there was definitely a moment where I told the guys, I was like, look, if you hate what we did, we can get rid of it. You know, I know you guys trust me and vice versa. So, you know, but there was definitely a stretch there. Right. I, it was funny because our engineer, Kyle and I were basically the only two people in the whole world, including my bandmates who had, <laughs> who had heard the song in its entirety. And, uh, that was nerve wracking, but a really fun trust fall. And that's, that's the kind of thing you get to do when you've been working with Kyle has been our producer for all, uh, all three of our original EPs now and our cover EP as well. So he's, he's been there the whole ride. And I think that you only get to do that when you really trust who you're working with and they know you and, and know where you're coming from. But that was a fun experience. Unlike anything I've ever done in my music career. It's usually more meticulous and calculated than that. Hell yeah, man. I understand that completely. And shout out to Kyle Ward, the man, the, myth, the legend. <laughs> he's, he's a, a wizard gentleman. love that dude and woohoo for digital recording right Absolutely. <laughs> i was just watching sound city the other day and they were talking about tape and they literally showed the guy cutting the tape and this is why i'm a fan of digital recording because you can make those decisions on the fly right you can add a new bridge and when you showed me the song when you sent it to me and i think you sent it to me initially and it wasn't fully mixed but it was almost 90% there or maybe it was fully mixed, but I heard the bridge. You told me that you had written the bridge specifically like away from the other members and with Kyle in the studio. And it makes perfect sense. It goes somewhere new, but it, it feels exactly like where it should be as far as in the song goes. And it travels with the song. It works really, really well with the song. It, it flows right into the last chorus, which is great. And yeah, I'm a fan of it. And it makes perfect sense now. I need to check out that movie. Actually, I actually haven't seen that movie, but Sam Rockwell is criminally underrated as an actor. Yeah, I, I would guess. argue Steve Carell is too, because people talk about how funny Steve Carell is, but I don't think they talk about what a good actor he is. And yeah, dude. Steve Carell is is like the main character's uh, mom's boyfriend. And it, he's a fascinating character because like, I would not call him abusive, but he like, he does this thing where you he like, he walks right up to the line of truly abusive and like just a jerk. And, and like Mm -hmm. the whole movie, you're kind of like going like, is he abusive? Like, 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 what is this? And like, um, well, like the, like one of the lines that's straight from the movie is uh, like the very first scene he's, he's talking, he's like, Duncan, 
do you know what I think you are? And he's like, what? He's like, I think you're a three thing on, on a scale of one to 10. I think you're a three. And, and like, it's just this like brutal, like, gosh, why are you, why are you just spewing this negativity? But like, uh, it's a killer a performance. Despicable it's, thing to say to another human being. Right. I right. Notice oh. that you put that in the song. I didn't realize that was straight from the movie. That's really it, cool. I really wanted to like reward anybody who has, truly like watch the movie i wanted really hard we kind of did this with the song lacuna incorporated on our last record yeah but like if i'm gonna write a song about one of my favorite movies ever i'm gonna like make it for the people who love that movie you know and, and try to put in easter eggs and direct quotes and things like that yeah you know who does that ryan key from yellow card he's written a few songs over the years about movies specifically he's written a song it's one of his solo songs i think on his most recent ep it's about gattaca it's about that scene Ooh. where the brothers are swimming out to sea and w- neither one of them wants to turn back because they're competing. Oh, with yeah, one yeah, another. yeah. I love that scene. No, I and know the exact scene you're talking about. Yeah, that's a killer movie. It's kind of an underrated movie from the 90s. I totally agree. Yeah, he's written a couple songs about Star Wars, obviously, but he's also written a song about Big Fish on Lights and Sounds. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's that song about... That's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. I Go. The song with the lead singer of the dixie chicks or the That's chicks right. the chicks is that their n- new name i think they're the right. chicks <laughs> yeah uh that's super politically correct we're the, chicks. the chicks we're the chicks now <laughs> yeah they did uh, it so they own it which is cool yeah okay cool so trying is the name of the ep yes before we talk about the title, though, what were you hoping to achieve with your third EP? I don't want to skip anything here. What were you trying yeah. to achieve? Because I know you had a vision, even starting out with the first Way Way Back EP, and then the second Absolutely. One. All the way going back to the very beginning of the project, when we decided we were going to make records as opposed to just like release songs, one of the things that we were talking about is like, I think in this day and age with Spotify and all that jazz, you really have to ask yourself why are we doing an album or an EP instead of just releasing a bunch of singles? Because to like be gross and just talk about the business side of it from a marketing perspective, it's so much smarter to just release individual songs a couple at a time and like stay on people's minds and stick with them and stay in the conversation. And if, if we were going to not do that, then we needed to have a reason for why we weren't doing that. And so to me, then it becomes integral that, whatever collections of songs you're putting out, if they're EPs, if they're albums, if they're clusters of singles, they need to be tied together one way or another. And so Mm -hmm. we started talking about an EP about how weird it is to be an adult who loves childish things, who loves things from your youth and be in this place where uh, you, you talked all your life about, you know, growing up and being older. And now all of a sudden you just are. And that's what the first record, uh, Something That Makes You Feel Alive, is ultimately about. Almost all of the songs are about specifically being an adult who loved skateboard music and all those kinds of things and what that means as an adult. Uh, And um, there's there's a couple songs that are maybe a little bit less directly about that, but are still about realizing, hey, I'm getting older. My knees aren't as good as they used to be. My back hurts sometimes when we play concerts and things like that. And... (laughs) Instead of being the emo punk band that like 
is in your thirties and writing lyrics, like for Christ's sakes, we're just kids, which just rings like so hollow. Sorry, taking back Sunday to put you on blast. I love y'all. Uh, but like you Did get to a that? point. Yeah. On the self-titled record, they have a lyric that's for Christ's sakes. We're just kids. And it's like, no, you're not you're 36. Like, uh, <laughs> again, I love taking back Sunday. I don't even mean to start shade with them. I love them so much, but like, there is a thing about that that rings a little bit like untrue. And so I, sure. I right from the jump, the lyrics were going to be about, they were going to be, about being an adult writing this kind of music. And so then when we were ready to make a second record, we started to really ask ourselves, what's the next chapter of that? If, if the first one's a new hope, what's the empire strikes back of that. And for us, it was to go, to go darker and to deconstruct it even further. And so it started to become a record about what are the things that you've gone through and been through that you need to leave behind and what do you need to carry with you? And what are you going to carry with you, even if you don't want to, and what does that mean? And how do you unpack all of that? And so that's where that second record baggage, you're never going to leave it all behind came from. And then we wanted return of the Jedi. We wanted Ewoks dancing (laughs) and, and all of that. And so we asked ourselves, how do we end this trilogy And we realized that it has to be optimistic. It has to be about a belief that Anakin Skywalker can come back from being Darth Vader, a belief that Luke can save his father, that, uh, you know, that the the Ewoks can, you know, save themselves from the stormtroopers with the help of the Rebel Alliance. And and we wanted that in there. Out of the stormtroopers, right? And play and play the marimbas on their skulls. <laughs> and, uh, I'm a Jedi like my yeah, father before. Exactly, me. exactly. That's what, so. That's what this record is. And every single song about the rec- on the record is about trying in some way to yeah. be a better person. To so the thesis statement that we were operating off of was it was actually a song that didn't make it onto the record, but lyrically I still stand by it. Which is you said you'd get better. Uh, but instead you just stayed the same. And, and, and so starting from there and it's like, what does it mean to get better? What does it mean to try to get better? What does it mean to say, I'm going to try to lose weight. I'm going to try to get in better shape. I'm going to try to not be so angry. I'm going to try to drink less. I'm going to try to not be so anxious. What does that mean? And to what extent do you deserve a pat on the back for trying a little bit? And to what extent do you need to push yourself and try even harder? And I tried really hard to write lyrics from a bunch of different angles of what that means and try to tell stories of different people on different parts of their journey to try to be a a better person. Sure. Yeah. And you as a person, just because I know you and you're a friend of mine and I'm glad we're friends, I can say Yoda would be proud. Do or do not. There is no try. You are not just trying, you're doing. And I hear that same sentiment throughout this CP. Because I think trying is the perfect title. It's a really great title. And it encapsulates everything that's being spoken about on the EP. But there is an element, as you said, there's a hopefulness to it. And a practical hopefulness, not we're just deluding ourselves. Practical hopefulness makes, sorry to interrupt. That makes me so happy. Because I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's not sunshine and rainbows, but it is. Yeah. Hey, at least the clouds are going away. Like, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Practical hope. Uh, oh, that's I'm stealing that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. it, man. Put it in the next chorus. Yeah. But I think there's also an element of we've been undergoing trying times the last couple of years. I wrote something this morning that I may or may not post, but it's all about how I think people are exhausted just from the hectic nature of their. Hell yeah, lives. we are. Yes. COVID, the state of the world. 
the disparity amongst the haves and the have nots, it seems to get wider and wider, it seems. And it's never been more like glaringly obvious because of social media and the internet. There's that juxtaposition of we're trying our best here during and undergoing trying, trying times, times, right? So I'm really that's glad you when you told me the title, that. I was yeah. like, oh, that's, that's awesome. I'm a sucker for wordplay. It's absolutely very deliberate. That's like the first song is called Future Tense. And uh, my fellow grammar nerds and I will notice that I didn't hyphenate it. And that's because I like the way that if it's not hyphenated, it's like, are you talking about the future tense? Or are you saying like the future is tense? Like it, this is yeah. And, yeah, trying is the same way. Like I'm trying to, as best I can, uh, pun not intended, uh, to, that's rad. To, to, you know, play with synonyms and antonyms and homonyms and things like that, that, that are going to cause a, a degree of wordplay that make you think about it from different angles. You English major, you, you guys are always the best. I, I got to use this degree for something. <laughs> <laughs> you are man. Nick Tarlowski. Do you know him? No. Should I? I need to make sure I shout out him because he's the other English major. I always really appreciated and liked his lyrics. He's the singer of the JV All-Stars from Omaha. Oh, I love JV All-Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, right. he's an English fantastic. major too. That, that tracks. Yeah. He's a great storyteller, just like you are. And you mentioned Future Tense. Did you guys, I wanted to ask you, did you guys know that you were going to be putting it on the EP? Was that always the plan when you released it last year? Yes. Yes. So that song a very, very early version of what would become your parents' house that was called Resume and a song called Monochapsis, which is kind of what I ultimately call the trilogy is the Monochapsis trilogy. Uh, we were writing all three of those songs and that was the one that didn't make the record at all. That was like, uh, you said you'd get better, but instead you just stayed the same. Um, we were writing all three of those at the same time. They were all kind of saying different versions of a similar thing. But then Future Tense was the one that it was like, okay, we know sonically, lyrically, melodically, instrumentally, this is what we want this song to be. And we know that this song, we like it so much that we want it to be a reference point for the rest of the album. So that's why we were comfortable releasing that one almost a whole year in advance, because we knew no matter what we did with the rest of the songs, if everything else was heavier, if everything else was poppier, if everything else was slower, that one song would at least be the the star that the other planets could orbit around. We, we <laughs> knew that no matter what direction we went with everything else, that was saying what we wanted it to. And it also was a very hopeful, I guess, in retrospect, in some ways, naive. But, you know, I'm never going to never going to uh, should talk optimism moment of like the coronavirus where it was like, I think we released it like early July 2020, which was or sorry, 2021, uh, which was like peak. Hey, I think maybe actually we did beat this thing, you know, um, burn your masks and (laughs) the the future is now. And so it did feel like an appropriate moment that maybe has aged poorly, unfortunately, for us to be like, everything has changed. Let's let's go, you know, live your life, see people. Um, You know, the Delta Wave wave put a little water on the fire. But I, I, you know, in general, we we knew that that's what we wanted to say. And we we knew that as we were finding these bits of pieces of other songs around it, we we knew that it would hold up well enough that uh, we wouldn't regret releasing it. And we definitely don't. That's one of our favorite songs we've ever written. It's probably out of the four of us. If you were to ask us all like, hey, what are your three favorite songs to play live? I think all four of us would pick future tense was one of those three songs and um Uh, yeah it's a lot lot of fun it's a good song i think to give to somebody that 
if you wanted to introduce them to the way way back that'd be a great first contender there's a lot of great songs in your catalog that i would want to show them as well but i think that song in particular has a lot of dynamics that i like about the way way back and i've told you this before i love the fact that there's three courses that build on each yes and i just think that was really smart it's a really big sounding song too it's got that big epic intro i love the guitars and the production yeah it's really cool it, and it I, I like the so theme huge. of the song i really just like the theme of the song i thought it was perfect i was thinking about it the other day i kind of rag on early aughts emo because it was very pointed you're the problem society is the problem which sure, you know, sure all those people had a point to a certain extent within context but i i think i like this reflected type of writing where you're being reflective and thinking about your own life and how you could try to be better and trying to essentially dissect the things that you're doing and the thoughts that you're having. And I don't know, I like that introspective way of writing music that I think has become more and more popular. Yeah. I've never fully trusted, I've never fully trusted uh, a vocalist or lyricist, I should just say, uh, that isn't willing to put some skin in the game, right? So, like, I do think this is probably one of the biggest ways that I'm influenced by hip hop in my writing, and then also like certain specific emo acts, like Bright Eyes, are probably my favorite band of all time. And then, um, you know, Controversy Noted, but I can't pull them out of me as an influence, brand new, and um, yeah. Modern Baseball. Uh, this, 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 like, hey. I'm flawed. I'm not perfect. Here are things that I do wrong. I'm going to hold myself accountable. And I think that like a lot of really good cerebral hip hop does that. Like Andre 3000 is one of my absolute favorite lyricists ever. And I think does a really good job of putting skin in the game and being a flawed protagonist in his own story and things like that. Um, And I, I, like I said, I've never fully trusted uh, a lyricist that's not willing to do that at least sometimes and because nobody's perfect. And if you don't admit your flaws, but I, but I think flaws are relatable. I think you can make a song about yourself that's actually about everybody by lowering your guard and, and putting your own skin in the game. Yeah, the new Kendrick. The new Kendrick, is a, yeah. He basically published his therapy notes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And then another band that we have discussed a few times, which I think you're still kind of diving into their catalog, The Wonder Years. I oh, think big time, yeah. I was too late to that party, uh, but yeah, that like those lyrics are yeah, ripped straight out of a journal and not in a, oh my gosh, I can't get over her way. But like the things that yeah. you think about yourself that you're almost even a little afraid to admit out loud. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think what we're doing is dangerous or brave, but art should at least like pretend to try to be dangerous and brave. <laughs> well, I think if you're, <laughs> if you're a little afraid of putting it out there, then you're onto something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's exactly. Exactly. That I think it is worth leaning into as a songwriter and just a writer in general. If there's something that scares you as far as what you're writing about, then you might be onto something. You might just want to lean into that. Yeah. And I have a difficult time with that because even myself, I have a difficult time just in writing fitness posts you know i don't want to come across as preachy i don't want to come across as holier than thou sure and so i try to come at it from a sense of i struggle with this too so hopefully that's relatable and hopefully you can relate to what i'm struggling with because you may be struggling with it too and here are a few things that may be able to help maybe not you know because everybody's different everybody's and i think the context can help people understand what lens to look through too so like for example 
the last lyric on the record is one of my favorite lyrics that I've ever written. If I can talk positively about myself for a second, which is do something it. I, I struggle it, with, but my therapist says I need to do more of, um, that lyric, uh, nobody wants to feel figured out, but everyone wants to be seen is a lyric that I think is very true, but I think that that's, it could read like a little bit too bumper stickery and hollow. If I haven't spent the whole rest of the record telling you like, I'm including myself in this. I have proven to you that I don't want to feel figured out, but I do want to be seen. I am one of you. You are one of me. Like a lyric like that, I don't think lands as well if you haven't built up enough good faith that people know to look through that lens as they're magnifying the lyrics. And you have, and we're going to highlight the next song from Future Tense. And we're going to go into that. Do you mean Emotional World Coaster Tycoon featuring Kyle Devlin of Game Time? (laughs) You were extremely kind in inviting me to do guest vocals on this particular song, Emotional Roller Coaster Tycoon. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it, Ben. Thank you for doing it. You're the first person that's ever asked me to do anything like that, so I really appreciate it. And it was so much fun. And you sent me this demo and the line that we're going to be highlighting, and we're going to be highlighting this entire song because I'm a huge fan of this song. It was when you sent me the demo. I don't want to mess it up. So I'm going to pull it up via instagram you guys highlighted some lines from the new ep i think matt's doing a great job promoting the ep Dude, by the yeah, way that's Shout all matt. Matt I, I just i can't take an ounce of the credit there matt um every now and then matt will be like is this right and i'll be like whoa <laughs> that looks great he's but so yeah, amazing man that's he's super creative. matt jack yeah he's done all the videos for you guys and he's done the three lyric videos for game time as well yeah he's he is a wizard well, I hope it pulls it up. See, anytime I try to tell me what part of the song, lyrics, I bet I, I bet I can. I know it mostly by heart. <laughs> it's the some days line. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. So the pre-chorus. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, some days, some I days hate I hate myself. Some days I think that I would really? never want to be anybody else. Some days, those days are the same day. And yeah, that's one of those moments where I'm talking about like. That is my, that is me pouring from, thank you. That's me pouring from like the deepest, most honest part of myself. There are days where I am, I absolutely hate myself. I am happy to say I haven't had suicidal thoughts in quite a while, but I've battled those many times over the years. And uh, even when I don't want to kill myself, there are days where I truly hate myself for various reasons, most of them totally invalid, but that's where my brain's at. And then there are days where I am like manic and buzzing and so full of myself and just like way, way too into myself and my art and the things that I think I do well. And then, or just proud of oftentimes. Yourself. Yeah. And then oftentimes it, it doesn't always have to be this. No, you're right. You're right. Congratulatory that's what, that's what Dr. Brian Paul would also say. And uh, <laughs> but like, I think, um, I think that like, Oftentimes for me, I get the most depressed when I'm like, actually like one of those waves is crashing when I'm like, so into an art project and then like, oh, not as many people came to the show as I thought would come or, oh, actually, as soon as I published it, I realized that the second stanza of that poem doesn't make sense or whatever. And uh, so then that's why I definitely had to include uh, some days, those days are the same day because that energy can go up and down so fast. And like, I didn't want to use the roller coaster imagery like in the song because i think that that's a little bit trite and like a little bit overdone and like 
maybe even fully cliched. So I thought it would be more fun to include that in the title and sort of a flippant fun way to kind of uh, be like, yeah, look, I know, I don't know. It's a little bit like Deadpool (laughs) fourth wall breaking, but kind of like, even I know this is a little on the nose, but this but is what it is. The up and this down is nature that yeah, yeah, we all so. have. And that line specifically is so incredibly relatable. And when I was highlighting it the other day, when I was promoting the song, when you guys released it, I was like, damn, that's such a relatable line. But it really is. I think so many people can relate to that. And I think it makes perfect sense as I get older, why we would have certain varying degrees of self-loathing. Yeah. Because it's partly just the nature of our culture and maybe always comparing ourselves to everything and everybody around us. But I also think from an evolutionary standpoint, if we're experiencing self-loathing, then maybe it's because we want to change something. So we want to level up in our lives so that we be, you know, become a better person, which you might argue biologically that that makes us a better species in some capacity. We're driving the species forward or just the nature of our negativity bias, which we all have. We tend to zero in on things that are negative that's why you know every negative headline are it's like a tractor beam our eyes are immediately drawn to it if it bleeds totally and that negativity bias is an evolutionary bias as well because we're scanning our environment for danger or bad things because we're trying to prevent them from happening right so there's a measure of it keeping us safe but i think it's liberating to know that and it's nice to know that because then we can say oh like you said earlier maybe some of these things actually yeah. are very true maybe these are just thoughts passing thoughts i don't necessarily have to believe all of the thoughts about myself and then it's easier to have more moments where you're thinking you know i am proud of myself i do appreciate the person that i am and i'm happy to be the person that i am and i recognize that there will never be another me on the planet you know we're all individuals in that way and we're all unique in that way but I just love that line and the juxtaposition of the fact that you can literally experience them both on the same day. Cause that's yeah. what being a human is and being a human's crazy. And like you said, being an adult is totally weird. That's so but weird. I love that line. And I'm just so stoked and jazzed to be included on this song. I wanted to ask you too, just logistically on the song, did you always want to have another voice on there? What made you decide that? Yeah, so I'd say pretty early on, I knew I wanted a second voice because I think it's a song more than any of our other songs about trying to challenge yourself. And I think that the closest I could come to having like a dialogue in a song that then doesn't like turn into some kind of novelty thing is to have a second voice present that is... I think deliberately harmonizing and also providing counter melodies to the yeah. thought. So the idea is sometimes your thoughts are in sync with themselves and sometimes they're out of sync with themselves. And so that bridge, I very much wanted to create a moment where I was at least trying to capture without being chaotic, what it's like to have those differing voices and opinions in your head. And I don't mean that in a way that like is in any way trying to co-opt like dissociative identity disorder or anything like that. But like, I think all of us have those moments where our inner monologue can split off into kind of two differing a point, you know, very Machiavellian, like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. And so, or you two know, things I think, to be true at once. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so like that, that bridge that we're there, we've got 
basically the two different hooks of the chorus and then this new bridge part all kind of happening at once. But then they, the important part, I think, is that they converge on this crazy, I think it's four, maybe in five part harmony. I want to be someone who tries and like that moment is uh, maybe a little bit on the nose, but this is where I draw really from my musical theater background. We're like, that's the moment where all of the arguing and everything comes to a point. And it's like, look, all of these voices are right because we all share this one goal. We, we want to be better. I want to be better, whatever that means. And it's, it's, I want to be a person who tries. And then that's why there were versions of the song where after that moment, I sang some more words and it's as, as you'll listen on the record, there's instead like a full instrumental uh, chord progression with no more lyrics. And what we ultimately decided when we were talking about it in the, in the studio was that it made more sense vocally to end on. I want to be someone who tries because I think it telephones to the audience that there is a sense of resolution and that progress actually has been made. And that maybe this, this conversation with myself uh, as, as played by you, uh, actually had, had some closure and actually mattered and is going to lead to something different. I love that, man. It's so intelligent. I love the intention behind it too. And as you were saying that, I was thinking about the beginning of that bridge part, which is very early taking back Sunday, hidden in plain view, your favorite weapon by brand yep. new. And I know that was a, something you were thinking about when you were definitely and completing it and everything but I, I like how there's even a juxtaposition two things can be true at the same time but i like the order in which they come in where at the beginning of the bridge you're saying i want to basically get rid of myself get rid of yes. my teeth get rid of my my existence right but i like that you don't stay stuck there which i always think is a good way of thinking about it when you do find yourself maybe in a depressive episode or feeling just bouts of depression and anxiety or just feeling really down on yourself. It's not always as simple as, you know, what I'm about to say, but it's, it's like Pamela, she has told me before that she appreciates that I'm a person who feels things and I may not have a perfect day and I might be frustrated and maybe even depressed on certain days, but I don't necessarily stay stuck there. Mm -hmm. And for some people, as I don't want to diminish either, you know, some people it's a difficult time not being stuck in that position and it might take something really definitive to get out of it. But I think that's the thing that I continuously go back to since I've met Pamela. I like that saying of just, okay, let's feel what we need to feel. Just try not to stay stuck there. Exactly. Just try not to. And that's my favorite part of the lyrics. Right. My my favorite part of the entire lyrics is that like on that last repeat of the, of the bridge, I say, yeah, remove my fingerprints and teeth, erase every trace of me. Genesis is somebody who tries. I want to be someone who tries. And then it it hits the, I want to be someone who tries. And and, uh, I feel like the subtext there is, uh, oh, that's what I actually want. That's what I really mean. All of this darkness and this heaviness, I want to be somebody who tries. The rest, I don't actually need to rip out my teeth and burn off my fingerprints. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to be a person who tries. I want to be someone who gives a shit, you know? Yes. And Give a damn. Yes, I think you I do that. have to sometimes say the thing that's 80% wrong to find the part that's 20% right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I want to be a person who gives a shit too, who gives a damn. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we, we went on an impromptu vacation down to Tulsa 
and they have a situation just like in North Kansas City with the Iron District. They have the exact same thing in downtown. Oh, it's so Tulsa. cool. I, it's my, yeah. I, my wife's from Tulsa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, there was this little shop there and they had a bunch of Tulsa gear, but they had a shirt that I think somebody at the small local business had made. And it said, give a damn on the shirt. And I'm still kicking myself because I really should have just yeah. bought that shirt. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah, dude. I love Care. it, man. Care. I love Tried. this song, Emotional Roller Coaster Tycoon. I love it even more now. And I'm gonna featuring Kyle Devlin of Game Time. <laughs> With that lens, featuring Kyle Devlin <laughs> of Game Time. I really appreciate hey. it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's going up on Spotify. It's up now on YouTube, but yeah, it's on YouTube. It's on and Bandcamp. Camp, and, and it will be go on buy it. all streaming platforms on, on 6 9. Nice. Uh, and yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, very, very excited. Very nice. Yes. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, definitely go to Bandcamp, support the artist, and then stream the living shit out of it on all the streaming yeah, networks. Yeah, that's, that's the real, the secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, you, if you, the listener, don't know that yet, go on Bandcamp, buy the record from Bandcamp so the band gets more money, and then stream it however you want on Spotify or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, absolutely. And I think, is it still being sold for half price on Bandcamp right now? Yeah, the, our whole discography is half off on Bandcamp and it's all just pay what you want. I mean, like, I think, uh, yeah, do do what you want. Do what you feel comfortable Following with. the Radiohead model. Hey, I hope it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm going to give you double. Well, hey, <laughs> du- double zero. That's, that's... double <laughs> Rad, dude. Well, I do love the song and you guys have a lyric video as well on YouTube that yes. Matt Jackerman did a wonderful job on. And he's great he's awesome he's a great drummer too drums really shine he kills it on this record yeah he kills it on this record yeah dude he did a great job and i think you hear his personality here this is the first time he's done full drums right on every he did all of the songs except for bad star on the last record our buddy dylan johnson did bad star um before moving to nashville and uh yeah so this was the first time where he he was in the band fully cemented before we even started writing, you know? Um, yeah. So it was really great to kind of get to go through the whole process of all of it with, with Matt. Red dude. And moving on to the third song, which is a great track, super catchy after ever after, I think that might've been the first initial demo that you showed me in this crop of new songs. And it was a really rough uh, version of the song. And what were you guys yeah. using to demo? What do you use? Probably Logic. Logic. You probably Logic with like Steven Slate for drums. Because a lot of the time Perfect. what we'll do is we'll program drums before we actually bother to record them because it sounds better. It sounds better Smart. to do program the drums than to do like bad scratch drums. Yeah. Yeah. God bless digital recording. Seriously. I think the reason we're able to churn out a lot of songs is, is due to that. I wish I would have had these things back in the day. This yeah. band is four dads like we would not be able to exist if it weren't for Dropbox and Logic and things like <laughs> that. Yeah, absolutely not. I love it, man. It's when you can leverage technology. Yeah. What What was the goal with this song? Because I know you, yes, guys, you had a version of it where you knew this was going to be a big chorus, a big catchy chorus. Yes. So this was one of those ones that was written. A lot of our music, especially before this record, but even on this record, has been written by like, Caleb just kind of anytime he has like a 45 second riff or a demo or like a chord progression or anything like that, he just kind of like throws it together on logic, adds some, some Steven Slate program drums, 
and like uploads it to our Dropbox. And it, we've got like a folder that's called doodles or something like that. And I will like always listen to those and tell him, hey, I really liked, sometimes I'll be like, I liked this one specific three second part. And then sometimes it's like, I loved all 90 seconds of it. And, and, and what we do often is like, hey, let's mark that one as a keeper and and like set it aside. And then eventually we start kind of piecing them together. Well, he came with one 90 second chunk that was mostly the second verse as you hear it and the second chorus as you hear it all in one go, just guitar and bass and drums. And I immediately was like, we have, this is a, this is a fully formed song. Like we need to figure out yeah. an intro. We need a first verse. We need a bridge, but like, this is a song. And we started going right away and I don't totally know why, but the chorus as it is really just fell fully in my lap. I keep waiting for someone to be like, you plagiarized this other Because <laughs> I've almost never had one just fall on me like this hard and this fast. But we started recording it and actually very early on, there was a, it was even dancier and even more like hello, goodbye and top 40 keyboards and like disco beats. And I think the more that we worked with the song, what we wanted to do was really explore the darkness of what it means to like truly profoundly love somebody and to kind of explore this more adult, mature version of love. And the genre punk and, and emo is so full of these, you know, like, I love you so much. My heart hurts. I want to write your name on my wrists kind of <laughs> stuff. And it like a lot of the time doesn't really mean anything. And so I was like, I want to write this deeply autobiographical song about me and my wife and how I think of love as like true love as this partnership and this like what it means to say in sickness and in health, you know, to that those part, like what, what does that actually mean? And to kind of explore this space, which is of course where the song title came from of like, what happens after happily ever after? Like what is happily ever after? And like um, a thing that I, in my life, I think it's a lyrical motif that's ex explored a lot on the record is, is I have a, a profound fear of death. I, ha I have a, a borderline crippling fear of death. I experience panic attacks pretty much daily thinking about the fact that I will someday die and that everyone I know will die and what that means. And it informs a lot of my choices and the way I operate for good and for bad. And I, I really wanted to explore that in this really poppy sugary song, because I thought the, the chorus is so catchy and fun and the melody is so upbeat that I thought we could maybe touch the stove a little bit harder and longer than we usually do, because it was like, you know what, there's a little bit of medicine and sugar going on here, you know? And, and so sure. I thought because this song was so candy coated, we could get away with some darker lyrics than we usually dive headfirst into. And um, I don't it know. It works. I, I hope so. My, my wife always jokes that like all the songs are like sad and angsty and stuff. And so then I was like, well, I really want to write like a happy love song. And I played it for her and she's like, I like it, but you still wrote a really sad song. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I think it's really beautiful. And I think one of the things that I'm really proud that it explores and asks is, um, you know, there's this like as an English person, there's this kind of like cliche that like tragedies are plays that end with the lead character dying and comedies are plays where the lead character gets married. And all what I've always pushed up against is that like by that definition, all of our lives are tragedies. And I just don't think that that's true. I'm, I'm much more optimistic than that. And so I wanted to really explore this idea of like, can't we still have a happy story 
even if the ending is us dying, like, is, is that not a thing that we can have? And mm-hmm. so I like that that's kind of baked into the song a little bit in addition to all the sugar, you know, gummy bear lyrics and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is an upbeat song. And I think life is filled with tragedy and comedy. I think totally mixture of those for sure. And when I heard this song, I thought of a song like the weight from thrice. I don't know if you know that tune. Yeah. But I yeah, think that's I a great song about marriage and yeah. group. And I know that the fact that you're married and I know Sarah, and I think it speaks more to that dynamic of being an adult. And you're right. I think I was reading something today and this person said, love isn't a feeling, it's a choice. And they were explaining that. And I think that's a, a practical way to think about it sometimes. You know, I think we do make the decision and there is something very nice and liberating about having a partner in life and living yeah. for somebody else yes and getting beyond ourselves a little bit there's a, a reason older, why almost nice. every like almost every nation society culture and the history of the world has yeah. some degree of like relatively monogamous long-term partnership and i don't mean to like alienate anybody or put anybody in a box so i'm trying to say it as broadly as possible you know it doesn't have to be like the Judeo-Christian modern American version of that, but like almost every culture in the history of the world has some sense of long-term more or less monogamous partnership. And I I think there's a reason I I think it's baked into us on some level. And and, um, I don't know for me personally, I'm not ever going to push my ways on other people, but for me personally, the smartest best thing I ever, ever did was convince my wife to like me and, and marry me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Get her to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> words. Cemented on the internet forever after this. I forever. Like, yeah, yeah dude, forever. I, I completely share that sentiment. I think Pamela is a wonderful partner and I'm very lucky to have a partner in life. So I share those feelings and I, I think it's represented well in the song and it's just a really catchy song too. It's really catchy. And again, I'm yeah. going to give a lot of the credit there for Caleb because so much of that song came just fully formed in my lap. Like, was like I love wow. that second verse. Thanks, isn't buddy. it? Isn't it great when you have a loose idea, but you can essentially chart the entire song with just that? I think when you have oh, a yeah. verse and a chorus and you know that it's going to work, there's something magical about that because you're thinking, okay, we're going to figure this out. Like this will be a full song. It's not a puzzle or a code that needs to be cracked in some capacity. I just really love it when you, through trial and error, you've got this idea and you have this idea of the verse and maybe a pre-chorus or something that leads into the chorus. And that's yeah. all you need. Or if it is a puzzle, you can build a bridge. If it is a puzzle, it's a, like a 500 piece puzzle and 423 of the pieces came out already connected, yes. you know, and you're like, okay, yeah. I got to fill this out a little bit, but it's pretty yeah, much done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're at school and you're putting together a puzzle and the whole bottom is like, the middle portion of yeah. the puzzle. Yeah. Like, oh, this <laughs> bottom border. Yeah. Yeah. We got this. It's kind yeah. of like cheating, but it's, yeah. Oh, again, that's the that. one I keep, I keep waiting for somebody to be like, Hey, this is a hot mulligan song. You stole it. You know, like I keep waiting <laughs> for that. Yeah. Yeah. Come after me, hot mulligan. You're going to have to get a lawyer. <laughs> oh, man. So that's the third song. So we've, yes. we've covered three songs plus the closer. And we'll yeah. the closer again. Yeah. So tell me about, I like how we're just going through the songs. This is rad. I mean, it's a killer EP. I I'll hope talk, everybody I'll... checks it out. Anybody who's listening to this, I've been so busy renovating my house. Like the podcast, I'll be honest, it's been on the back burner. Unfortunately, we were talking about the yeah, nature of having a podcast. It's so hard. Dude, it is hard. It's a lot of work. I'm a single unit 
and I try to edit these things. That's why I may just throw this one up there. No editing. Dude, underrated. That's I'm about to bring both my podcasts back and both of them will have way less editing than they used to. Cause yeah, Please that's what do. happens. I, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, it took an hour and a half to record. And then it took an hour and a half to edit. This was a three hour process. Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. You want to hear something crazy and I'm just letting you yes. know and all the listeners know. So everybody who's listening, it takes me a week to edit. Yeah. Of these it's podcasts. Tough. And I try to tell myself, okay, just do 10 minutes a day and you're good. Well, 10 minutes, sometimes that can take an hour. So yeah. 10 minutes is never 10 minutes. Editing no, 10 minutes is way it's not different. Real time. Than, right. Exactly. It's insane. And if it was, you wouldn't have to edit it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like the problem is like, it, that's an innately contradictory way to look at it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I wouldn't need to edit the podcast if 10 minutes was going to take 10 minutes. For real, <laughs> man. That's how and time just, works. I listen to shows like Tim Ferriss and I know he's doing the same thing. He's having them very specially edited and he's outsourcing. He's paying somebody to do it. And I reached out to somebody. I've reached out to a couple people and the cheapest I found is $75 per episode. Cause if it goes over an hour, that's typically the the litmus test of how, and I just don't make any money from this. I I really enjoy doing it. It's right. So So then you go from not making money on it to losing money on it. And then suddenly you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, and I I'm really, there. I do love doing it. And I, I like listening to podcasts and I like listening to podcasts that are edited. That's just my own personal taste. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure there are some podcasts that I listen to that aren't even touched at all. And that's fine too. But you are a phenomenal host. I will say I'm excited to hear that you're bringing your podcast back because I think they're really great. And I think they're, I'm, I'm excited too. It was a hell of a year between keeping the rhino alive and and getting it back open and making this record and moving out of my old house oh, to my dude. new house and, and all, all sorts you, of man. stuff. So that's a lot. Uh, it, yeah. I, I, so podcasts are coming back. I'm excited about that, but I'm excited yeah, for y- yeah. you and I'm excited for the band and I'm excited for Zach. The fact that the rhino seems to be doing really, really well. Knock on wood. Play. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have had a lot of really great shows and I, I hope it, I hope it's smooth sailing more smooth waters than rough yeah. waters yeah. ahead. Yeah. And yeah. Tell me about your parents' house, which is the fourth song on the EP. I think the theme of the song is something we don't often hear about in songs, especially with this genre. And yeah. I thought it was really unique. When I first heard this, I was listening to it with Pamela and she really liked the lens. This one you were for me at. was kind of a throwback to our first record, but I was trying really hard to kind of write it from you know, the perspective of this current record and, and make it make sense. I think by the end of the bridge, it, it definitely does, or the coda or whatever you want to call that. Um, so this song to, to me uh, is, is fun because I think there's this trope in the emo and punk genre of writing the song of like, hey, I'm outside your bedroom window with a boombox over my head, like, and say anything. Mm-hmm. And um, Oftentimes, when I think about those moments in my life, I'm referring to when I was like 17, 18, 19 years old, and being outside of someone's house actually meant being in front of their parents' house. And especially from like my adult perspective as someone with children, not old enough that, you know, boys aren't coming over with boomboxes over their heads just yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's around the corner. Uh, but That's scary, I. <laughs> My, no, my, my, I don't know about my younger daughter, but my, my older daughter will be the one with the boombox, I guarantee you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but That's so uh, I, I think this one really came to my head where I was um, 
you know, I obviously won't say her name, but a, a person who I used to really care about a lot. Um, I ended up going to somebody's house and realized I was driving through her neighborhood. And then I was like, well, this isn't her neighborhood. This is her parents' neighborhood. And then I was like, I don't even know her parents still live in this neighborhood. <laughs> I like, why am I calling it her neighborhood? Like, I don't even know if there's a person genetically related to her that has lived here in 10 years. You know, I just don't sure. know. Probably her parents still live in that house, but I don't know. And so Maybe then not. I suddenly kind of thought about like taking that a little bit, like one notch more extreme. It was sort of like, what if I had pulled up in front of the house and thought about like going to say hi and then suddenly being like, well, what if I knock on the door? Well, who's going to come to the door? Best case scenario, her dad comes to the door and is like, Ben, what are, what are you doing here? Like, what is going on? Worst case scenario, it's a, somebody's like, I don't even know that. I don't know who you're talking about. We've lived here for eight years, you know? And I just Get thought that that property, was like, a, exactly. Cops. Right. I suddenly <laughs> thought like, you know what? This is a very funny idea not to like make it like weird out tenacious d who are some of my biggest influences but maybe funny more in like a say anything kind of way we're like i think i can write a song here that has some heart but is also a little bit upbeat and silly and um so so yeah so i i uh, started kind of messing with those ideas and i will tell you this song took forever to write this was the exact opposite of the last one we worked on parts of this song for the longest of any song on the record because we started writing this song before we started writing future tense which we released a year ago oh wow and at one point the song was about a completely different thing and the lyrics this idea of being in front of your parents house belonged to a whole separate song that never actually got fully written and then at some point in time the overlapping tissue between the older song and the new song was hang on a second i'm sorry no worries hey guys i'm good Sorry about that. Uh, but so um, the overlapping tissue, sorry, I'll give you a clean edit point in case you want to edit, but the, uh, <laughs> the overlapping, in, good, good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> the overlapping tissue between the two songs was this. You don't even know the first thing about me. And then I started to unpack it and put myself in the song a little bit more. That was to say, well, she doesn't know about you either. So, so you should make the song. I don't even know the first thing about you and make it this mutual thing. And then as I explored it more and more and more, I wanted to touch the sweet parts of it. The idea of like, look, this person, you know, I, I think, I think I loved her. I know I cared about her greatly. I know I loved her as a person. I think I was in like romantic love with her, you know, and like vice versa. And we probably impacted each other and changed each other the way that the song, the way, way back is about impacting and changing each other. Yeah. But also, we don't know who each other are anymore. And I know like these trivia facts about her. I know she married a doctor. I know this and this and this or whatever. That's actually made up too. I, I'm, you know, I tried really hard not to like put her actual identity in here. So she's not on blast. But like I, and then I started unpacking that, putting parts of other relationships into it, relationships from movies and TV and all that kind of stuff. And then ended up at this big climax where it gets kind of a little more drivey and a little bit more punky. And, um, in the very it, the bridge yeah also so we outro. call it we call it the coda i mean i don't know if that's actually what like real musicians would call it but in my experience with theory classes and things like that usually if a song had like a refrain a couple of times and then ended up going to a totally different section that was called the coda and so like 
that's what we internally call it. But I always thought a coda uh, was, especially in songs, I always thought of it as like a last line that yeah, it isn't with the rest of the song. Exactly. Like exactly. It's, like its, own thing. it's a variant ending. And so that, that's kind of how we think about it more or less. Um, kind of a post bridge, second bridge. But I started drawing on like this horror imagery, like um, uh, a, a paucity of smiles uh, beneath a plethora of thirsty teeth and Jekyll and Hyde and phantom limbs and things like that. And uh, just let it really spiral out of control in a very, I think, hopefully kind of say anything piebald kind of way. And um, then wanted to end on a moment of sweetness of like, uh, there were so many good times too. Am I, am I anything at all to you? And so I just really tried to kind of explore how weird it is to be 10, however many years removed from a really important relationship that changed you and shaped you. And yet you guys don't even know each other anymore. And the person that you think of basically doesn't exist. And if they think of you, the person they think of doesn't exist. And that that's weird and cool and interesting. And I thought worth singing a song about, I don't know, in and some capacity. Relatable too. I hope so. I, I, that was another one where I like, I was like enough of this is autobiographical that I hope some people can kind of connect to it. Absolutely. And I think also it was probably the most lyrics I've ever put in one song that bridge <laughs> yeah. coda thing has like a lot of words i love the bridge i think that's my favorite part of the song i do love the chorus and the verses are great too that outro there it's driving and i think it's perfect for the song it almost gives me the feeling of the, the bridge slash outro in man overboard by blank that's awesome to hear we were I, that was the one that's what we were trying to of. pull the most from blank we were trying to pull a lot from that one and first date and um and uh like the the self-titled record kind of in general especially the poppier ones like feeling yeah. this but yeah man overboard was definitely a touch point so that makes me really happy to hear i yeah. love man overboard i think that's my favorite blink song because i feel way like it has there. everything way you could there. ever want in a blink song and i love that yeah. outro i just think it's so catchy and you, the outro in this song is really catchy and driving and the other thing i was thinking about when you were describing what you were exploring the exploration of the song idea and the theme it reminds me of Chris Conley, the way he said he wrote lyrics oftentimes back in the through being cool, stay what you are days, because he was still in college. His bandmates were still in college. They were English majors, I believe, or he was an English major. And they Our would tracks. have these creative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They would have these creative writing assignments where somebody, maybe their professor or just something and like an assignment or something, they'd explore an idea and that would manifest into a song or song lyrics of some type so yeah. i think it is an and i do that idea. all the time i constantly in my own like college professor giving myself i mean like you know the way way back i was like i want to write a song about this movie lacuna incorporate i want to write a song about this movie this one one of the challenges that i gave myself is that i i had uh for a long time been saying i really wanted to use the words paucity and uh plethora in one song and optometrist I, I and optometrist you're right i, I had that <laughs> one as well I, when i realized it when I realized I knew that I was going to name check the fictional character's husband's profession, I I was like, what's the weirdest word? What's like a, a word I've literally never heard sung before? Was like, and I landed on That's optometrist. And I'm not saying I'm the first person to ever put that in a song, but you, you've heard fewer than 20 songs with the word optometrist in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. fewer than 20 that exist, but that's- I hope, I hope. It yeah. works. I, I think it's great and it very much so is relatable. And I think people can kind of put themselves in that position and what they, they think about potentially 
the past and just being introspective and reflective. And I like that. I, it's very on brand with the rest of the EP. And then we've got to talk the opus, the, I think it's an outlier on the EP, but it flows very nicely. I've been listening to the EP a lot yeah. in order and sequence from the YouTube video that you guys posted the other day. And it just works really, really well. Thank you. And it's not we, just we a, think about sequence a lot. We start talking about yeah. sequence even before we commit to what songs are going to go on the record. We start talking about it. okay, but where would this go? Because even future like, tense. I've listened to future yeah. tense maybe twenty times before I listened to it as the starter of the EP, and I love how it transitions in a roller coaster. I think that's really cool. Even just the juxtaposition of the the clicks and the dynamics there, I really love that. So we're going to talk about King of Clarity, which I think is something very special we've talked about this what was the initial thought process with that song and how did that come about originally because i know we've talked about it but i think it's fascinating yeah this one was um this is probably if i had to pick this is my favorite song on the record and it might be my favorite way way back song um so this one really started to fall on my lap when I was watching the Beatles documentary Get Back. Um, I, I just had like a borderline religious experience watching that. Get back. And seeing these guys who are like gods just be in a band and argue and fight and in the most polite and, way. And, and oh yeah. Those oh, yeah. polite little accents. And make make a record. And it just like it felt <laughs> so like it was like, wow, this is crazy humanizing moment for. For real. These people who like I think of as bigger than myself. And I mean they are. <laughs> uh, but like it it made me feel, you know, among them. And so I think there was definitely some Beatles music in my head. And um I was noodling around on an acoustic. And on our first two records, there's a, a solo acoustic song on both of them. And so we decided we were going to do that again. And I had still not really written the solo acoustic song. I had some some songs that would have worked that I'm probably instead going to use with my other, my side project landlion, which is a little more bright icy. And uh, I started writing the song and I brought it to band practice and everybody responded really positively. And then I, it kind of just kept sticking with me. And I, but you weren't really sure if they were going to like it at first. You weren't. I, well, sure this is what I was really not band. sure of is that I came to them and I was like, Hey, I've been really chewing on it. I know you guys said you kind of liked the idea. I think maybe it's like a full band song. And then there was like, they're so positive and supporting and everything. There was never like a moment of like, no, but there was like a, a moment of like, uh, how would that look like? Is that a punk song? And I yeah. was like, I don't think it's a punk song. And like, oh, it's not. And like, no, I mean, I think it kind of sounds how it sounds, but I was like in my head and I kept saying like Oasis. So I was like, Oasis meets Reliant K. And they uh, were kind of like, maybe maybe let's try it you know nobody yeah. ever said no everybody was like open to it and they're like it, but like i was feeling very vulnerable and like am i about to waste everyone's time you know like i was really like scared that like we would give it a really good try we would even maybe like try to record it in the studio and it just wasn't going to work and we we went into the studio and basically i laid down a lead acoustic scratch vocal version of it to a click track and then basically said okay guys play parts like (laughs) uh we had never played it full band ever not even one time and we went into the the studio and we trusted our producer big time to like make it make sense and i kept saying to him you know someplace between forget not slow down by reliant k and uh what's the story morning glory by oasis somewhere between those two records 
And he somehow translated that madness into a song that I think fits our style and our vibe, but is also totally different than anything we've ever done. And um, yeah. this one for me, lyrically, when I talk about, hey, I think a songwriter or a lyricist needs to put some of their own skin in the game. That's definitely what this one is. This is a song about me. I'm the you. And the idea is this, this is like, okay, it's fine to write a song like Future Tense where I'm like, I did the work and I'm not the same and I'm better. And it's fine to write a song like Emotional Roller Coaster Tycoon where I'm like, I want to be somebody who tries. But this is the moment where I talk about accepting that you're at a moment where you do need to change and you're a person that you don't like. And um, I really tried to put a lot of myself in the song. You say you hate to be the center of attention. You say it clearly from the stage. You say you hate to be the one to cause a scene so you could quiet on the set from your director's seat. That's that's about me. Like, okay, you you act like you're, you know, humble and you, you don't want drama and stuff like that, but you're a performer. You put yourself out there. You have lots of opinions. You never stop talking. Uh, <laughs> the second the second verse, like, uh, is it actually a line from a fight that my wife and I had uh, where she said, uh, you you're so sure that you're right all of the time that you can't even admit that you're wrong while you're apologizing to me. And I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, like 10 minutes We've later, all been I was, there, my I friend. I was like, oh, my God. You just put me on blast. And, like, I have to work on that. And so, like, when I included that lyric, uh, you've proudly so crowded yourself the king of clarity. You can't even see how you could be wrong with apology. I, I Like, that one was me really, like, going, this is it. Warts and all. This, this is an actual thing for my life. It's biographical. I asked my wife if she was cool with me putting it in there. But, like... You've given her this, this is it. forever. This is the, I know, I know. <laughs> she, she's just, okay, king of clarity. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just felt like I had to put it in there if I really wanted it to, to come from a true place and, and, and be honest and have some accountability on the record. And I'm just so proud of what the guys did. I'm proud of what Kyle did. The organ sounds amazing. Kyle did that. And like Caleb's yeah, ripping guitar solo is exactly what I had dreamed of when I had it in my head. And I mean, like, Bill has some really cool bass licks. Matt in particular is the one who like, I think becomes almost like a different drummer on that drummer. song. Like he yeah. pulled out from this bag of tricks where we were like, how did you do that? And he's like, I'm from Oklahoma. I used to play in country bands. And we're like, that's insane that you just have that in your back pocket. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm really proud of that one. And um, it, it really warms my heart that people are even kind of responding to it positively. Cause it was a real trust fall from the guys to get that on the record. It was a trust fall on Kyle's part to like, let us basically record it in the studio as a song that we had never played before. Everybody just like trusted me and had my back hundred percent. That was so cool. And it, it, the fact that anybody likes that song at all feels um, like a massive accomplishment. I'm just really proud of it. It's great, man. It fits perfectly. I think Kyle probably had a lot of fun producing it. I think it shows his range and just the fact yeah. that there's continuity you have your parents' house, which is, a upbeat pop punk tune reflective and then you have king of clarity and then the way way back also another great pop punk tune but it, it flows very nicely and i'm glad you didn't just stick with the acoustic singer songwriter vibe with this song because i do think it adds a ton the full band element and it, there's a lot of dynamics in the song to dial it back a little bit on that first verse and even on the last chorus at the end totally yeah, it just it hits you it hits differently when you listen to it with great speakers and this song really it inspires me to write songs that are beyond 
the realm of pop punk because right now I'm writing a bunch of ideas for what will hopefully be new game time tunes. Sure, sure. And I'm very much so influenced in the style of the 90s. I grew up in the 90s, as you did as well. Yeah. And it has that element to it, but it also feels very fresh. And the recording, there's that continuity. It's a very modern sounding recording, but I love all of the different textures and layers that Kyle added. The yeah, he added swelling like, of the guitars at the beginning. Dude, yeah, the swell at the beginning, like the um, the part that Kyle totally came up with, like was the, and if you really listen with like good headphones, you can really hear it. But like on the bridge, there mm-hmm. are these like seven part harmony vocals. They're like yeah. very Beach Boys where it's like, where you going? And like, he had like all the parts arranged and it was like, sing this note. Now sing this note. Now sing this note. And I was like, what are we even doing? And then he was like, give me five minutes. And I was like, okay. And then he played it. And I'm like, what just happened? Like, that's uh, a producer yeah, right there, man. Dude, he's a, yeah, good things that, about Kyle if that works. song, anybody who thinks that song worked, uh, Kyle's the reason. Kyle's the reason why that, I mean, like everybody tried hard, but Kyle's yeah. the reason why I guess I should say, if anybody thinks, hey, this song fits with the other songs, that's Kyle. Kyle is the only reason why this song fits with the other songs. I think yeah. we could have done a, a, a version we would have been proud of regardless, but Kyle is the reason why it's like, oh no, it actually makes sense on the record with the other songs. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. He killed it. Absolutely, man. And you mentioned Bill and you mentioned Caleb, Caleb, the guitarist, a ton of great riffs on this thing, the whole EP. And I do love that guitar solo. He's a I think the best guitar solos, you'll have to let me know what you think, but I think the best guitar solos are ones that are also melodic that you can hum with at least a little always, bit. Always. Always. Yeah. Everyone's heard Rivers Cuomo say, I haven't ever heard a good guitar solo, a great guitar solo is the word he used. A great guitar solo that I couldn't sing with. Yeah, and it's absolutely. so true. Even like eruption and like crazy, yeah. like uh, dragon force, like even like power metal where you're like, uh-huh. what? I can still sing like I could sing the, the like like dragon force through the fire and flames. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, like for that bit. every great that. guitar solo, you can sing it. And like, hell yeah, Caleb, Caleb definitely. He always does that. But on that one, it's like. When I play that song uh, acoustic at open mic nights, sometimes I literally sing the guitar solo because like it's that melodic. Yeah. Yeah. Very melodic. Yeah. And he reminds me of Joe Milligan from Amberlin, who also does a lot of really tasteful and great layered guitar solos that are very hummable and that sort of thing. And I, I do notice the bass lines. Bill did a great job. I think he and Kyle probably worked together a lot on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, like he's like the the bridge of, um, bridge of your parents house where he's like dot 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 blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. Yeah. like that's so good it adds um, a lot emotional roller coaster tycoon he's just got like a very mike durnt like um yes i think a song that we referenced a couple times was uh uh oh shoot off insomniac um dude uh you're wearing out. an insomniac shirt yeah um, dude oh um I'm not part of your elite. I'm just all right. Oh, stuck with me. Stuck with me. That, that, but, like, that's some of my favorite bass. Yeah. That's Mike Durnt, you know, turn to 11. Stuart in the Avenue. Hell yeah, dude. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 So, like, there was definitely a lot of that in there. And yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, especially on Emotional Roller Coaster Tycoon. I, Yep. I remember thinking these sound like Mike Durant leads. I yep. love the tasteful ending on that one too. Cause he goes up and then he goes down, but he does it the same do, way do, as he's coming down. Do, 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 do. Yeah. 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 That's no, just that's... so tastefully done. But I yeah. noticed those things, you know, as a musician, it's, it's very pleasant to the ears. 
Very cool. So tell me about the cover. I think the cover is great. It's a picture of your daughter, Ruby. Do you want to picture my that? daughter, Ruby? Um, yeah. So we went through like a lot of different concepts for the artwork. And at a certain point, we just started like literally throwing the word trying on different photos that we liked and seeing. And um, we, we had a couple of concepts that kept accidentally seeming like really serious. And like, we take what we do seriously, but we think of ourselves as a fun band. And they were like really dramatic. Like we, we kind of felt like there was this one that we almost went with. And what we kept saying was like, doesn't it almost seem like something's wrong in this photo? Like, is it almost yeah. upsetting? And so then we started like, what are different ways that people try? And then my wife specifically said like, wouldn't it be funny if you had like, like, what about like little kids trying to act older than they are? And so that kind of started this whole new genre of us like posting just cute photos of our kids. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, it's this photo of Ruby wearing this upside down Raven from Teen Titans mask and mm -hmm. this flannel shirt and no pants. And she looks like so tough. And what you don't know is that whenever she was doing that, she was rocking around going, I'm a bad guy. And <laughs> so it was like this photo of this little kid trying to be a whole nother person. And so yeah. suddenly it was like, well, we're all dads and there have been kids on the other two records. There's a photo of me as a little kid on the first one playing guitar and a photo of my daughter Iris on the second one uh, waiting at a bus stop. And so then it was like, let's keep it going. Let's keep it. Uh, let's yeah. have it be another photo of a child and lean into this idea that she's trying to be somebody else. And uh, they all have yeah. this sense of youthfulness and yeah. innocence in them, yeah. which I appreciate. And I think there's a youthfulness and innocence just in pop punk in general. And I think that's something why absolutely the reason we gravitate. That's why I love it. it so much. Yeah. Keeping us young, hopefully. And I like the idea of it evolving in a good way, you know, and not devolving, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, I love the artwork. And I think the artwork elicits the need or the want to listen to it, which we were talking the other day about how it's so good to do that. But I think yeah. bands have to be careful yeah. with the artwork that represents the songs. I never really thought about this back in the day, but I do think it's very important these days with everything vying for your attention and the demand for attention, people's attention. I think you do really have to be thoughtful and intentional when it comes to the artwork for your music. You have to be. There's, yeah. it, it's about respecting your audience. You know, I think a lot of artists get so in their feels about like, I'm saying something important. I'm saying something that's worth listening to, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's like, that's fine. We are in the golden age of content. There is always something else to do. There's always something else to listen to. There's something else to watch. And the same okay. two weeks that we put out our record, Bell and the Vertigo Waves and Famous for a Day both put out their records. And that's just local music. You also had Kendrick putting out a new album. There's that new The Smile record that's basically a Radiohead album. There's new My Chemical Romance. There's new State Champs. There's new Wonder Years. Like, why should you ever listen to The Way Way Back? You shouldn't. But like, you we're going to try. Well, sure. <laughs> but like, but you shouldn't. So it's like, so then we have to like convince you, you know, like, like, yeah. like everybody should start probably from a baseline of like, I've got to win people over. And so it's like, yeah, sure. the artwork has to look good and enticing and interesting. And it needs to fit the music so that when you're 45 seconds in, you're like, okay, this is a good visual to represent this collection of songs. And, yeah. and like, you just, you artists need to not take it so personally that people don't have time for their stuff and stop, like stop moping that people aren't at your shows and go like, okay, well, what, yeah. what can we do to make sure that if they do come to one of our shows, they come to the next one. What, yeah. what can we do to make sure that our record's so good that if we put out another one, people will want to listen to it. Sure. Yeah. What sort of artwork can we put along this particular song that when we release another song, we'll have a level of standards where yes. we're going to have artwork that's representative again, and it's a quality image that 
does a good job coinciding with the music and entices people to hopefully want to listen. I think that's really important. And it's just about being thoughtful and intentional. You know, I think the yeah. people who are most self-aware these days, they tend to be the most thoughtful and intentional. And those are definitely the types of people and artists I want to spend a lot of time with. And I like talking to and like listening to. So, yeah. And we've talked a lot about Kyle Ward. I think I can say again, Kyle Ward, if you're listening, you're amazing. Kyle's yeah. the best. We love you. He's, he's ridiculous texted him earlier today and yeah i look forward to working with him more i'm sure you do as well yeah, yeah. and then landline you're hoping to record some tunes at the end of this year or yeah so through yeah summer? kind of throughout the year yeah so i'm, I'm gonna be doing two eps with landline one i'm gonna be recording with riley corbin of faint heart and one with kyle ward and one is gonna be um so it's it's gonna kind of be inspired by uh, the double album that bright eyes put out and uh, i think it was 2005 or 2006 digital um, ash digital ash and i'm way to wake it's morning and so like one record oh, is yeah, it was 2002 be... when did that come out was it 2005 i think it was i think it was early 2005 i think it was like february 2005 might be wrong game changer records oh change changed my whole life um but yeah so like one of them is going to be like synthy and, and a little bit darker kind of postal service meets more digital side of bright eyes and then the other one's going to be more acoustic and warm and have horns on it and be kind of neutral milk hotel meets the kind of folkier side of bright, bright eyes. Yeah. And uh, the, I love it, I'm hoping to have them either be out like in December or January of this year. But I wanted to really give the way way back record, like it's full energy and effort. I really haven't been working on the songs until actually like two days ago. Now like uh, got the record out, caught my breath. And then now I'm working on the, the land lion stuff. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. And you were correct. It was 2005. I was thinking of something else. I must have been. But it's interesting. I'm wide awake. It's morning. That has the songs, the top five on his Spotify, which I would not have guessed. Yeah, that record really stuck with a lot of people. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of people who I think think of that as the brightest record. I personally, I love that record. That's not the brightest record for me, but it is. No, Fever Nears for me is the one I was sure. introduced to originally, but I... I'm a fan of those two records for sure. I think that was peak bright eyes as far as his popularity. I remember seeing him yeah. on lots of different album or not album covers, but magazine covers. And yeah. And that's right like around that. uh, when the president talks to God, which was kind of like yeah. a real mainstream coming out moment, I think yeah. for, for bright eyes. Yeah. Oh, show and his girlfriend. I think they're still together was here last night. I wish I yeah. could go on. Yeah. Phoebe. Dude rules. Absolutely rules. Phoebe. Absolutely. Yeah. Rules. Yeah. Tuesdays are the death of shows for me, as we talked about the other day. That's, I wish I could go. It's too hard. What are, what are we doing? <laughs> Going to concerts on a Tuesday night? What are we? Young people? I, yeah. I just found out that in June and in September, there's a week where there's two shows that I'm going to in the same week, which for me these days is a tall order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to have like lots of protein and rest. <laughs> Dude, for real. Dude. <laughs> That Jimmy Jeez. World tour, they just announced they're coming to Uptown, and the night before is the Sunny Day show. So, so you're just gonna be hanging. You set out a, a tent. I'm just kind of Midwest emo out. week, man. Yeah. It's gonna be a yeah. killer week. I haven't seen Sunny Let's Day. Go. I've seen Jimmy several times, but I'll definitely be going to both of those shows. It'll be fun, dude. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thanks really for having it. me, Kyle. This podcast rules. Uh, I always yeah. have a blast with I'll, you, specifically. Having so thank blast. you for being a friend, man. Uh, I love you, same man. Love you, dude. I appreciate it my, very, very much. I'm, I'm very excited about the EP. I'm delighted to be a part of it. Thank you again. I'm honored. And I hope everybody listens to it. And I hope 500 people listen to this podcast and they all check it out. because I That'd, be the That'd be the best. That'd be the best. If you don't mind, I was going to play Emotional 
Please do yeah. play anything you want. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, full. Yeah. Since do we it. own it, right? It's not up on Spotify yet, so mm-hmm. I can't get flagged. So I'm gonna play no, a tune. Do it. And it's gonna be awesome. And this is my podcast, and I'll play a full song if I want to. Yay! <laughs> and I have your permission. So thank you very much. I can thanks for, for doing this again, dude. Thanks for being a bud. I always thanks, love talking man. to you. Yeah, I'll and... I'll be the first uh three peat guest and we'll talk uh keeping secrets of silent earth free. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> and lag wagon. Let's talk about feelings. Oh my gosh. I know we just missed May 16th. Next May 16th. How about For that? real, dude. And yeah. Basically one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, unrelated. Every song I write is like a lag wagon song. It's that it's reminiscent of lag wagon or I feel, like I'm just, say. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm ripping them off entirely, but man, I'm just surprised that, you know, late thirties, that just seems to be what my brain tends to gravitate it, towards. You know, when you listen to a really good music at a young age, it just like becomes part of your bone marrow, you know? Like, yeah. I hope yeah. so. That's the hope, right? Yeah. 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 Well, cool, dude. Well, thanks again. And I'll see you tomorrow, but Sweet. I'll let you know thanks, when this ma'am. goes up too. I may. Yeah. I'll tell people. Up. Okay. Just cool. do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw it up. You think I should? Yep. Why not? Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Iris got a little cameo in the middle. Ring of the doorbell and stick in her head. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool, dude. Well, always a pleasure, man. Same. I hope you have a great rest of your night. I hope you do too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah. All right, right, buddy. Peace out. Bye.
part for fun Not sure when all of this began But I know what I want What I want is change I want to stabilize my brain Discover some way to sustain Cause I will always chase the light Even when it burns holes in my Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to help the podcast out, if you want to do a massive solid for us here at Having a Blast, if you could just leave us a review, a five-star review would be incredible. I'd really appreciate it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, another thing you could do would be to share this podcast with a friend, anyone who enjoys this type of music or personal development in general. All right, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Hopefully, you're having a blast listening to your favorite records. Take care, and I'll talk to you later. So close your